I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, this is Graham Abbott welcoming you to Classics Unlocked a program brought to you by Universal Music and Classics Direct. It's funny how the music we love can often make us forget important corners of the repertoire. It's easy to forget, for example, that Beethoven wrote an opera or Stravinsky wrote symphonies. Given that in classical music we're focusing on something like a thousand years of history, it's perhaps not surprising that our brains do a little helpful refocusing from time to time. One of the last of the German Romantic composers, Richard Strauss, is today remembered primarily for creating stunning works in two genres, orchestral tone poems and operas. And fascinatingly, it seems as if the writing of operas brought his creation of tone poems to an end. The tone poems, including Don Juan, A Hero's Life, Till Eulenspiegel and others, are fairly early works, nearly all written between the mid-1880s and the early years of the 20th century. The operas, apart from some early attempts, really start with Zalome in 1905 and span the following four decades. Yet Strauss should be remembered just as much for his creation of music in another genre, because he took up the challenge of continuing and developing the German song tradition in a form usually known as Lieder. This German word really just means songs, but it usually refers more specifically to a form of intense, intimate art song for voice and piano. This form of songwriting developed in the late 18th century and flourished in the hands of songwriting masters such as Franz Schubert, Robert Schumann and Johannes Brahms. Later composers to take up the form included Gustav Mahler, Arnold Schoenberg and Erich Korngold and Richard Strauss most definitely deserves to be listed among the greatest of these later leader composers. Over his entire life, between the ages of 6 and 84, Strauss composed about 200 Lieder, some of which are regarded as some of the finest works of their type. An extension of the form came at the hands of later Romantic composers, in particular Mahler and Strauss, and this is the orchestral song, a song with orchestral rather than piano accompaniment. Strauss composed more than 40 orchestral songs, again spanning most of his life. Of these, 
About half are his own arrangements of songs he'd originally written with piano accompaniment. The others were conceived as orchestral songs from the start. In this program, I want to introduce you to a few of these orchestral songs, finishing with the justly famous Four Last Songs, written in 1948 when Strauss was 84. Examples will be drawn from a number of recordings featuring five different sopranos, Lisa Della Casa, Jesse Norman, Renee Fleming, Christine Schaefer and Carita Matila. Strauss wrote more than 40 Lieder with Piano before any of his songs appeared in print. This first publication, his Opus 10, comprised eight songs and appeared in 1885, the year he turned 21. Dozens and dozens of songs appeared over the next 30 years, among them being a set of four printed in 1894 as his Opus 27. Strauss clearly thought highly of these songs as he orchestrated three of them, two in 1897 and one much later in 1948, the year of his death. Cecily was one of the two orchestrated in 1897. The text by Heinrich Hart says, in effect, If you knew what I felt about you, then you'd be mine. And Strauss perfectly depicts a deep and passionate yearning for the beloved in the music. It's sung here by Carita Matila. Another song from the Opus 27 set is one of Strauss's most famous, Morgan. Its rapturous text by John Henry Mackay speaks of the sun shining again tomorrow while the lovers stare silently into each other's eyes. 
The orchestration of 1897 is a model of restraint, scored for strings, three horns and harp, with a prominent violin solo. It's hard to believe that this song was originally written for the piano and not intended all along to be accompanied orchestrally, so perfect is the scoring of the expanded version. It's sung here by Christine Schaeffer.
Around the same time as he made these orchestrations of songs from his Opus 27, Strauss wrote a set of four songs, his Opus 33 set, which were originally conceived for orchestra. The first song, Verfrührung, Seduction, pits the solo voice against a large orchestral palette, but Strauss is ever mindful of the need to keep the orchestra quiet when the singer is performing. The waves of orchestral sound seem to echo the yearning in the text, again by Mackay, which uses imagery of the sea, storms and winds to illustrate the desire welling up in the lover pursuing his beloved. It's quite a long song. Here's the first half or so. The soprano in this recording is Renee Fleming. Thank you. 
2018, after not having written any orchestral songs for some years, Strauss expanded the piano parts of no less than six of his earlier leader into full orchestral accompaniments. Freundlicher Vision, A Pleasant Vision, sets a short poem by Otto Bierbaum. It describes very simply the pleasure of being with the person you love, and as in all Strauss's songs, harmony is as important as melody. A touching or sometimes even gut-wrenching change of harmony often serves to convey the emotion of the text to the listener in an almost physical manner. It's one of the things which makes Strauss's songs so powerful. Again we hear soprano René Fleming. Richard Demel is a poet we recall in music these days as the author of the poem which inspired Arnold Schoenberg's Transfigured Night. In his Opus 49 songs dating from 1901, Strauss set Demel's Waldseligkeit, Bliss in the Woods. In the forest at night entirely alone, the poet sinks into the joyous sensation of being at one with the beloved. The rustling of the leaves in the night breeze is portrayed in the piano version very clearly, and in the 1918 orchestration is perhaps even clearer. It starts deep in the orchestral texture, gradually rising in pitch. The voice sails over the top, experiencing only bliss. In this recording, we hear Carita Matila.
I can't help but notice from the list of Strauss's orchestral songs in Grove Music Online that two dates stand out. One I've already mentioned, 1918, the year Germany lost the First World War, and the year Strauss returned to orchestral songwriting, creating, among others, two of the songs we've just heard. The other date is 1933, the year Adolf Hitler became Chancellor of Germany. Whatever Strauss's murky and ambiguous relationship with the Nazis, it was in 1933 that he again created four more orchestral songs, after not having worked in the form for more than a decade. I sometimes wonder if there's a connection, as if orchestral songwriting somehow freed him at times of crisis to make more personal statements than he might have been able to make in his operas. In 1935, he created another, orchestrating a song which was created in its piano version in 1933 as well. Das Bächlein, the little brook, sets a text by the 18th century poet Caroline Rudolfi. It's sometimes misattributed to Goethe. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. It describes an almost childlike delight in nature, and ever sensitive to his texts, the watery allusions in the music suit the mood perfectly. Christine Schaefer sings it here.
The orchestral versions of the six songs we've heard so far in this program span a large proportion of Strauss's creative life, from 1897 to 1935. Germany's descent into the Second World War and the horrors that conflagration released not only on Germany but on the wider world affected Strauss deeply. The final years of the war saw Strauss withdraw from the world more and more. The humiliation he often received from the Nazis, especially in relation to Jewish members of his family, alternated with moments of fame, especially when he turned 80 in 1944. But the destruction of Goethe's house in Weimar and of the opera houses in Dresden, Munich and Vienna, all places he associated with his career, left him in total despair. In 1945, he wrote one of his most remarkable works in response to this destruction, the Metamorphosen, or Metamorphoses, for 23 solo strings. It was completed on the 12th of April 1945, only a few weeks before the war in Europe came to an end. It's a heartbreaking elegy to a world forever lost. The Allied forces arrived at Strauss's home in Garmisch in late April 1945, and those officers who knew who Strauss was placed his villa off-limits. With his royalties frozen after the war, the elderly composer and his wife moved to Switzerland in October 1945. Despite failing health, he managed one final foreign tour, a three-week visit to London in October 1947, when he was 83. After he returned to Switzerland, he looked philosophically towards death and created his very last works. Apart from one final song for voice and piano, called Malven, his final compositions were four orchestral songs composed in 1948. Now grouped together and called Four Last Songs, these ravishing masterpieces remain among Strauss's best-loved works. Three of the four set texts by Hermann Hesse. The other poem is by Josef von Eichendorf. While not officially grouped as a cycle, Strauss certainly imagined that they would be performed together. One of his last wishes was that the great Wagnerian soprano, Kirsten Flagstad, should give the premiere, and this indeed took place after the composer's death in London in 1950. It's perhaps no coincidence that Strauss felt such an affinity with the soprano voice. His wife Pauline was a soprano, and they worked together professionally on many occasions. He wrote great roles for soprano in all his operas, and the four last songs are in some ways his greatest gift. What's sometimes missed is that Strauss also wrote great music for the horn. As the son of Franz Strauss, the most famous horn player of his day, Richard Strauss understood the glorious potential of the horn in all his works with orchestra, and the four last songs, with their important horn solos, seemed to reflect a tribute to his father as well. Lisa de la Casa was a Swiss soprano who rose to international fame singing the operas of Mozart and Strauss. She retired in 1974 at the height of her career, but not before making some extraordinary recordings. One of these was made in Vienna in 1953 and has recently been reissued. The Vienna Philharmonic and conductor Karl Böhm provide the sort of beautiful support you'd expect, and despite the mono recording, it's a performance to be treasured. This is Della Casa singing Frühling, Spring.
The poem by Hesse makes the season itself the beloved, whose approach is welcomed and embraced. This is the one poem of the four which doesn't deal directly with death. Hearing that, it's easy to understand Delacaza's versatility in her career. Hers is not the massive Wagnerian voice often associated with these songs. Her signature roles included the Countess in Mozart's The Marriage of Figaro and the title role in Strauss's Arabella. And other important roles in her career included Donna Elvira in Don Giovanni and the Marshalline in Der Rosenkavalier. 
All these roles, interestingly, were championed by Dame Kiri Tekanoa to give a more recent vocal comparison. Delacasa did sing Wagner, but the lighter roles like Eva in Die Meistersinger and Elsa in Lohengrin. She sang Handel's Cleopatra and Puccini's Butterfly as well. Lisa Delacasa died in 2012, but thankfully many of her recordings are still available and there have been some notable reissues on Eloquence Classics. Of course, bigger voices also shine in the four last songs, and I'm going to end with perhaps one of the most famous and best-loved recordings featuring Jesse Norman with the Leipzig Gewandhaus Orchestra conducted by Kurt Mazur. Jesse Norman, who died in September 2019, had a unique voice, able to span both the dramatic soprano and mezzo ranges, and her repertoire was correspondingly vast. Strauss featured prominently in her operatic and concert repertoire, perhaps most notably in these songs, as well as in Ariadne auf Naxos. Her performances were always marked by intense passion, and audiences could never fail to be caught up in the sheer power of her commitment to whatever she sang. We heard the start of her recording of one of the four last songs, called September, at the start of the programme. The first written of the four last songs is the one traditionally performed last, whatever the order chosen for the other three. Eichendorff's poem, Im Abendrot, at sunset, speaks simply and calmly of death, of accepting the end of existence and embracing the unknown. This seems to be music that only a man of 84, who had lived through the devastation of two world wars and much else besides, could have written. The final stanza summarises the sentiment. O vast, tranquil peace, so deep in the afterglow, how weary we are of wandering. Is this perhaps death? I have no choice but to end this programme with the complete Im Abendlaut, sung by Jesse Norman, recorded in 1983. As I mentioned, we heard Lisa de la Casa earlier with the Vienna Philharmonic under Karl Böhm, recorded in 1953. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The recordings of the other Strauss songs we heard featured Christine Schaefer with the Berlin Philharmonic, conducted by Claudio Abado, recorded in 1998. Carita Matela with the same orchestra and conductor, released in 1999, both on Deutsche Grammophon and René Fleming with the Munich Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Christian Thielemann, released in 2008 on Decca. Technical production for Classics Unlocked is by Tom Ford, and my name's Graham Abbott. Catch you next time.